happy birthday, America, 247 years young. Wow. I am blessed to be born in this nation, and so are you. And although that we have a lot of work to do, and, and America has a lot of repenting yet to do, we are truly a blessed nation. God's um, grace has extended to this time frame for a reason, and it's because he is not done. He still has things he wants to do through you, through myself, through podcasting platforms, through preaching, through prophesying, through laying on of hands, through getting the gospel to the entire world at large. And America is a huge part of that. Does she have her flaws? 10,000%. Was she created with people who had their flaws? 10,000%. I was just having this conversation the other day about Thomas Jefferson, you know, one of the guys who signed the Declaration of Independence. And the man took literally uh, words away from the Bible. He ripped out the miracles that Jesus performed, which to me is just ignorant because then you're actually extracting from the gospel and that's not helping anyone. Um, we know what it says in Revelation about subtracting or adding to the word of God. So that was just a stupid mistake on his part. And I pray that he uh, sought repentance for that before he passed on. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. And look, America is not perfect, guys. And I'm not going to sit here and, and give you a hoorah speech about how amazing she is and, and all this. I do believe that there are many things that we need to change here. I desire, it is my like, it's my life want, my life um, and expectancy in some cases for every state. Like this is my expectancy for every state, all 50 of them to be completely abolished of, um, of, of abortion. And, and look, I'm not here to throw stones at you if you've had one or if you've known somebody who had one. I'm here to say there's tremendous grace in that, but I don't, that is never the answer to me. Abortion is, it's just never the answer to me. And so, yeah, that's just one of many things that we need to work on here. And the beauty of it is, is the power in lying, the gospel of Jesus that is inside of you, the heart of change that you've experienced when you allow Jesus to come in and shape some things in your life for purpose and for, you know, provision, you have the power to do that. As a believer in Christ Jesus, we hold the power to make change in things. I mean, repentance means to change the way that you think. Well, how do we change the way that we think? We could start so small, yet it, 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 it jumps to something so big. I mean, one thing that you choose to change your thought process on as a believer in Jesus about how you view sin can change and will change your entire life. And it's like a snowball and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Next thing you know, your life looks completely different in three months and six months and one year than it did in past in the past. So, yes, there's things that we need to change. And that's kind of got my heart wrapped around this message today that I wanted to share with you that God has put on my heart. And I got to thinking about, you know, we sing the songs about um, the national anthem. We sing about the banner yet wave. And, and th that word banner, it just kept burning in my brain. I was like, man, what, what does it mean? So I started thinking about Jehovah Nisi in, in Exodus chapter 17, where, where Moses says, you know, this is 
where I will call this place the Lord my banner. And it's after they uh, they are victorious over the Amalekites. And we're going to get into that today. And it just it brought so much revelation to me. And I hope that this blesses you today. And I hope that it blesses uh, blesses you enough to share it with somebody. Just I'm not even like pushing uh, my my own agenda with this podcast. I'm talking about sharing the gospel, sharing whom Jesus has um, has shown you time and time again how he is so powerful and he's so mighty and he's so victorious over sin and he's so much bigger than America and he's so much bigger than um, any nation really. I mean, he is God. He is the God of the universe. He created things by speaking them into existence. And so I, I hope that you come away with that perspective today. That this isn't a downplay on America. It's not a downplay on our values or our values or our customs here. I have people I absolutely adore that were in the military, that are in the military, that have fought for freedoms that we get to speak from these types of platforms. So that is not my intention at all. My intention is to point you toward Jesus and and that we could elevate him, the banner of God, over the American flag or any other nation because he's already in his rightful place with the father and he's already the banner over us. So we wouldn't that we would not elevate our own customs and our own cultures above the kingdom of heaven. That's the message that I'm pushing, because I think that we can get to a place where we adopt values that are just given to us by forefathers that sometimes don't align with the kingdom of heaven. And so what we need to do is look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? How does it, uh, how does it profess to one of what it is and, and how, what encompasses the Bible? And how do we as believers take that and share that with the world? Because when you start talking about things uh, that, that the culture carries that, that may not may, that might not line up with the word of God, then some, you know, people can get offended pretty easily. So that is my whole goal today with this message is yes, we're going to celebrate. Yes. We're going to eat the food. Yes. We're going to shoot off the fireworks. Yes. We're going to swim in the pools. Yes. We're going to have family and fun and, and barbecues and all these things. But what I want you to see before the customs that we have created as Americans, I think that we have to get to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is king. He is king over America. He is king over every nation. And, and if we're going to plant that flag of God bless the USA, let's start living in the blessings that God wants to give the USA. And let's start with the general heart of repentance, where we've missed it, where we have adapted culture over kingdom. And so I want to pray, and then we're going to get started. Father, I want to thank you for the word that you put on my heart. I want to thank you for every eye and every ear that will be seeing and listening to this podcast. God, I'm thankful for this platform that you've given me. I pray that I am using it to glorify you. I pray that I am using it to speak your word of truth, to speak the goodness of your love. Allow me to just be a vessel, to just be a mouthpiece for what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get a drink before we get going here. So again, happy birthday, America. Wow. Blessed to be living here. Blessed to have the freedoms that, that I have because of the men and women who have chosen to sacrifice comfort. Come on for a greater cause than themselves. So thankful for military. God bless you. Thank you guys so much for what you do. You are appreciated and you are loved. I need you to know that. I, you are always on my prayer list. 
I've had brothers and sisters again that have served. I've had family members and I pray for them all the time. Probably, I probably don't go a day without thinking about military men and women and praying for them. So thankful for that. All right. So God, so this is the word that God put on my heart. This Jehovah Nisi. Okay. This means the banner, the Lord banner over us. Okay. And if you go, let's just go to, to Exodus 17. If you guys don't mind, I want to get into the word with you today. And this, uh, I'm going to read to you starting in verse eight of chapter 17 of Exodus. It says the victory over the Amalekites. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in uh, Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And I was thinking about this like, okay, so there's there's Israel, okay? There's, there's Moses, there's Joshua, there's this generation of men who are willing to fight for their nation, for God, for what he's instituted in them to do, right? And, and so Amalek, if, you, if we don't know this, to me, this is the way that it was broken down to me in my brain. Amalek, because I want you to know that like this, this extends past beyond this portion of scripture. This is actually, I believe, prophetically looking into the future and what, and what represents here and what is represented here is Amalek is representing sin and the rod of God represents the power of Christ over sin. Come on, somebody. Amalek, if you don't know, the, uh, the, the Malachites were descendants of Esau, okay? And we know that Esau and Jacob were brothers, right? And, and if we read Malachi 1, it says that God loved Jacob, but he hated Esau. And it got me thinking, man, that's a strong word. Well, it, you know, there's different, there's different dialects in Scripture of hate and what that actually means and love, and there's at least seven different types of love. So hate in this instance, it is saying that God chose one and not the other. So, yeah, he's saying that he is... He has chosen Jacob, but he has not chosen Esau in this aspect. And so we need to understand that, like, in going into this and what was meant by this. So Amalek, like, the Amalekites were these descendants of Esau whom, um, whom they were just rebellious. And they, in this specific story, they're literally provoking, come on, they are provoking the Israelites. And the Lord regarded this attack as them like questioning who they are okay and so they're 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 like pestering them they're provoking them they're provoking them on uh to be on the offense and this by the way is the first mention of joshua in the entire bible and he would later succeed moses by the way um he's moses's close aide in this story but i want to read on and see what you get from this and see if you got kind of some of the same things that the lord revealed to me and, and I want to say this before I go any further, like imagine that you're sitting doing nothing, you're minding your own business and you're being provoked. We've all had that happen. There's a pestery little kid on the playground. There's somebody in your life right now that's just completely provoking you into making you want to um, want to retaliate or do something. And it's it can just be a mess. OK, we've all experienced that. But I, I got to thinking about this a little bit deeper and. It says here, I want to read this to you in, in one, of the, one of the footnotes. It says, the people of Amalek were descendants of Esau, the Edomites. So see Genesis 36, if you want to know about that. We don't have time. But their attack on Israel was unprovoked. Israel wasn't doing anything. Okay, They were just basking in the glory of God, being in his presence. So the Israelites, and the Lord regarded this attack as particularly heinous. Okay, He did not, the Lord did not like 
what they did when they attacked Israel. And you go back, you can read 14 and 16. But I want you to see this about uh, Amalek and the Amalekites and representing what God does not choose, okay? And then Jacob representing what God does choose. So he chooses you. He chooses you to have relationship with him. Um, the Bible says that we are chosen by God. Jesus told the disciples, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And so we are chosen. Shall we put our faith and trust in Christ Jesus? Our salvation is secure. We have an eternal home in heaven. We have uh, everything that we need at our fingertips because we have been graced by the Holy Spirit being, uh, being the power inside of us that raised Christ from the dead. And now he lives in us. And now we have everything that we need inside God's kingdom. Amen. Some, come on, somebody. And so this is what I this is what I wanted you to see about this unprovokedness that that's probably not a word, but unprovoked. You can be walking through life. You can be you can be in the game, in the battle, fighting uh, on your knees, being a warrior for God, being all these things. And you can still be provoked by the enemy. And you can also be unprovoked doing nothing, tiptoeing through life like a bunch, like you're in a bunch of tulips, just having a good time. But unprovoked, you may have some opposition come against you. Look, sin does not care if you're poking at it or not. Okay, you can be Samson poking at the carcass of the dead animal he wasn't supposed to or going to the vineyard when he was never supposed to be around alcohol or have alcohol. You can be doing all those things or... You can be doing the, the exact opposite and doing the right things, walking a path of righteousness, walking a path of purity, walking a path of sanctification. You can be doing all these things, and sin does not care whether you're paying attention, whether you're in the fight for faith, or you're watching the battle from the sidelines. It does not care. And so you have to be ready to understand how to, how to combat and how to, how to combat this sin when it comes at you. Because it doesn't care what kind of life you're living, whether you're working for God or whether you're working for the devil. Sin is sin, and it will come to destroy you. That is all it's doing. It's, it cares about nothing but destroying you. It cares about nothing but destroying you. So I'm going to read on here in the scriptures, and then you can, you can see for yourself <clears throat> what God's talking about. It says, I will go to the top of the hill and I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua said to Moses, <coughs> excuse me. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Come on somebody. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became very heavy that they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So much right there in those verses about how to fight and how to battle and having people alongside you when you battle. I think there's so many people that want to go rogue. Their intentions are very good in ministry, but they just look around and they see a couple things that they don't align with. And they go, you know what? I'm just going to do it on my own. So they run off with the gospel on their own and they make some impact, but they could be making so much more, but they choose to stay lone wolf by themselves 
and their ministry is not as impactful as it could be if they had a multitude of people around them or even two people to hold their hands up when they get tired. So understanding that, like, as we're looking at this from the banner of God, okay, what does that look like in your life? Are we allowing the banner of God over us or are we settling for a cheap plastic banner that we've created on our own that culture has handed us and said, here, use this. God gives us the banner of life, the banner of power, the banner of provision. And when, when the rod of God was in Moses' hand, he's saying when his hand is in the air and when he is, uh, when he's holding his hands in the air, they're winning the battle against the Amalekites. The moment he drops his hands, the Amalekites start to take hold of Israel and the tables are kind of turned. Moses wasn't a young man at this point. And even in the youth, obviously we grow weary, right? Go back and read Isaiah. So you need help. We need help. Where does our help come from? Well, it comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and earth, right? So this is fully realization that, that the power of God is at hand. So it's not a, it's not a mystical miracle that when he holds his hands up, they're winning, and when they put them down, they're not. It's saying that they, he is fully relying on the power of God, the rod in his hand. When it, is, when it is raised high, when we're using our power and our authority in Christ Jesus the right way, we are victorious over sin. We are victorious over culture. We are victorious over anything that would come against us in the name of Jesus. We are victorious. So when we hold the prestige of God is with me, he is not far from me, I choose this day that I will win this battle and the Lord's going to fight with me or he's going to ask me to be still and he'll fight for me. And so they start winning when he has his hands in the air. They start losing when his hands come down. Pretty simple, right? So I want you to see the rod of God. Moses had a rod, right? We have the authority of Jesus. Jesus is our rod. I want to read on just a little bit, just a little bit more. And it says, then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Think about that. There's going to become a day when Christ is, is victorious and there's a brand, he's already victorious, but there's going to become a day when there's a brand new heaven and a brand new earth and sin will be no more. There will be a day when sin does cease to exist. And that is the day that we are striving for. That is the day that we are patiently waiting for as believers. And this gives so much uh, prophetic look into the future. He says, I'm going to blot out the, Amal uh, the Amalekites, the remembrance of them from under heaven. And this is what God does for us when we come to Christ Jesus. It says he remembers our sins no more as far as the east is from the west come on somebody as far as the east is from the west he remembers our sins no more they have been completely remissed in Christ Jesus we have this we had this understanding that Jesus Christ has taken every sin mine yours Susie Q down the street and he has victoriously given us access to God through his finished work at Calvary's hill. And so God blots it out and he doesn't even remember it anymore. The same as he does with the Amalekites here when Moses and Joshua are fighting. 
He remembers our sin no more. He remembers the Amalekites no more. Look at this. And Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And this is what God showed me when I read that. God has, God has war with sin from generation to generation. He has declared victory in Christ Jesus to come trample on sin from generation to generation. And that's the beauty of God. He's outside of time. So he is able to send his son at the perfect time so that his finished work on the cross transcends all time. Come on. That's why he's able to say things like, while you were still yet sinners, Christ died for you. He's able to, Paul's able to explicitly shoot those things right out of his mouth that seem absolutely, how is that even possible? While I was still in my sin, Christ died for me? Like, while I was still a sinner, yet Christ died for me? If that don't change the way that you think, if that don't change the way that you act, then you're not paying attention. Because the moment that verse hit my heart, I was like, wow. God loves me that much that even in the midst of, and I was thinking of my old sins and my old dead man and the things that I was into. I was like, even right in the middle of that, Christ Jesus died for me. And I think that that is a proclamation of God's love and how he transcends time and how he's able to, to use even the worst of things in our lives to transition us and propel us into the future that he has created for us. And so it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is what is it in your life? What is it, what is it in your life that you need to be delivered from? Because at this point, the, the Israelites needed to be delivered from the Amalekites. And as long as they were proclaiming, as long as they were professing, as long as they were holding the rod of God, as long as Moses was holding the rod of God, over and above his people and his, let's just say, like he he was able through this one act of keeping his arm up to completely annihilate his enemy and and reclaim and regain victory. And so that's what we have in Christ Jesus. This is what the Lord showed me as I was thinking about the rod of God. And Rose, Rose's, Moses had this rod, okay, that he was holding up. And I believe at some instance, Moses knew what was going to happen because look what he says. I mean, even coming back to verse, verse nine, and Moses said to Joshua, choose some men and go out and fight, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So he's saying, I'll basically go choose some men and I'm going to stand up on this hill. I'm going to be your biggest fan and we're going to have victory. And so what he notices and what they notice, obviously, is when his hands are in the air, they're winning. When they're down, he's not. So that, that kind of shows me uh, <clears throat> understanding of my own life. When I choose to praise God through the storm I'm going through, I am remaining in victory over that storm in the name of Jesus. The moment that I let that, um, the moment that I let that specific thing get in my head and, 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 and drown out what I already know is truth, then I can start to lose that battle. But if I can stay in the fight in a place of worship, no matter what's going on, I can be victorious in Christ Jesus. And I can say that this thing will not defeat me in Jesus' name because I already have the victory. 
I already had the victory in Christ Jesus. All I got to do is believe that that banner is over me, believe that his provision is with me, believe that his promises are still good. And I can literally sit here praising him in the middle of the storm, knowing I'm going to be victorious. We talked about the storm last week, right? So, and, and this is just a place where we have to come to the conclusion that no matter what battle we're facing, no matter what um, Amalek or Amalekite we're fighting against in life, no matter what the battle looks like, no matter what the sin looks like, Jesus Christ is victorious over it. And we hold the victory in Christ Jesus. And so he says, the rod of God, right? Look, the rod of God, the Lord is my banner, right? Jehovah Nisi. And he says, I will hold this rod in the air. He said, to jo- he said to Joshua, tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God. And so I started to pray about that. And I'm like, Lord, something about that reminds me of Jesus, the rod of God. Something about that specific name, rod, reminds me of Jesus. And I, think, and I started to ask God, where have I heard that before? And you know what? He took me to Isaiah chapter 11. He took me to Isaiah chapter 11, and this is where I heard. I knew that there was somewhere. I started to think about this in my mind. I'm like the stump of Jesse, the root of Jesse. There's something tied to that, obviously that being Jesus. But where is that? And God showed me it's in Isaiah chapter 11, verse one. Look at this. This is so awesome how even years before Jesus is still being prophesied about. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with uh, with equity the meek for the meek of for the earth. Excuse me, for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and the faithfulness, the girdle of his reins. Come on, somebody, you know who that's speaking about. That's speaking about our King Jesus. And this is Isaiah prophesying out of the rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. Well, we know that the lineage of David is where Jesus comes from. Who's Jesse? Jesse is David's father. So Jesus being prophesied over in in Isaiah chapter 11 goes alongside of this understanding of victory that we have in Exodus 17. Guys, this is why we can say the Bible is alive and the Bible is active because throughout all generations, Jesus Christ is exalted. And if you're not okay with that now, you're definitely not going to be okay with that in the future because I don't care what culture has to offer you. I don't care what sin has to offer you. I don't care what transgression you think might have over you. Jesus Christ is king and he will remain king throughout all generations, throughout eternity. He is the one who sits at the right hand of the Father. He is the one who pardons those who would come to him. He is the one who judges the wicked for being unrighteous. And this is where we need to make a stand. We need to draw a line in the sand. 
I'm going to stand on the side of righteousness. I'm going to hold the rod of God in my hand. I'm going to choose victory over the Amalekites, over sin, over temptation, over everything that would come against all that God has for me. So how are we, this is my, back to this, we'll end with this. My question for America is this. Are we holding the banner of the United States of American flag over Jehovah Nisi, the banner of God, over us? If we want to be a blessed nation, the first thing, the very first thing we must do is repent. If my people, we want to, we want to label that verse as our own. Well, he's talking to Israel, first off and foremost. And it's okay, it's okay to tie ourselves in with a remnant as long as we have received Christ Jesus as king. But we don't get to declare that verse over our nation if we choose to not fear the Lord. And if we choose to not repent and be a part of God's kingdom. Because I'm going to tell you like this. I will choose the kingdom of God over any nation, including my own. I will choose the kingdom of God over anything. I will choose the kingdom of God over any nation, over any person, any place, or anything. That does not mean that God does not want to place his flag, his banner of victory over his people. That's precisely what he wants to do. The kingdom of heaven was given to man so that we can take it and run with it and infect culture and, and be a mouthpiece for Jesus and, be, and hold the rod of God for ourselves and our children and our children's children. Because just as God is going to blot out the remembrance of the Amalekites from generation to generation, he wants to exalt Jesus and his story that you hold as a believer in your heart from generation to generation. I love this nation. I have nothing against patriotism, but we have to do it with accordance to the scriptures that are spoken years and decades ago. That's how we have to do it. If we want to see America blessed and growing and prosperous, we have to get back to the truth of God. And we can't place personal opinion or personal emotions over the scripture that Jesus has laid out for us. He's given us all opportunity to come to him. And that was that is my prayer for America, that we would repent, that we would seek his face, that we would begin to weep and wail for the things that God weeps and wails for, the shedding of innocent blood. Jesus died for it all. He died for it all. And if we can come to the conclusion in our finite little brains that we may not have it figured out, but we know the one who does, I believe that gives Holy Spirit so much more room to work. Guys, I'm still learning. I'm still growing in this, but I'm not going to stop because a couple people have misrepresented Jesus to me. That's another thing, man. If you're not attending a church somewhere, if you're not, if you are discarding the fellowship of the saints, you need to fix that. 
You need to get back into the understanding that God desires for his kids to be together. And as much as possible, I'm not saying that Sunday's it, the final straw, the stamp the the time clock, I'm in and I'm out. I'm saying that we need fellowship. We need one another. We need the ecclesia. We need people just like Moses needed people to hold his hands up when he got tired. We can't lone wolf this thing any longer. We have to extend a hand to reach to those who need it, and we have to be willing to walk with them where they're at so that they may become stronger in faith and deeper rooted into the kingdom of God. I love y'all. Happy birthday, America. I'm so thankful to live here, and I want to pray for America before I jump off here. Jesus, I thank you for America. I thank you that you could have chosen to put me in Istanbul. You could have chosen to put me in Iraq. But you birthed me right here in America, God. That means you have given me a responsibility to understand that there is work to be done here in this nation. I believe that there are men and women of the faith planted here for a purpose, for a, for a purpose that far extends beyond our own reach. We need each other. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Jesus. We need you, God, to be our rod, to be our shoot of Jesse, to be our vine. May we be the vine branches. May we come to the realization, God, that we cannot do this thing without you. I pray that America be saved. I pray that salvation be spoken through the walls of every single church on Sunday. I pray that salvation be a thing that we are salivating for, that we are going out and reaching the lost, not just tied to a building, but becoming the church that you've called us to be. I pray for men and women of faith to rise up in this hour, to be to be part of an institute that far exceeds culture. And we will choose that institution that is called the kingdom of heaven over the culture. We will not bow down to the, to the altars of Baal. We will not bow down to the idols that, have been, resur- that have been erected. We will choose to praise and worship the resurrected King Jesus, and we will not stop until all the world knows. It is in his name. It is in his glory. It is in his, mm, it is in his perfect peace. We speak all these things. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast. Thank you for catching it on YouTube. Listen, share these, like these, comment, shoot me an email, whatever you want to do. I'm doing this so that the word of God can get to the people. I love y'all. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. God bless.